Hello and welcome to another episode of Pause It Podcast. I'm Dr. Sam and with me as always is Dr. Robert. Welcome. Hey guys, how's everybody doing? <laughs> so today we are going to talk about chocolate toxicity, which is a really important one because the holidays are here. Yes, they are. I don't know. Your holidays are as chocolatey as mine, but I'll tell you what, we love chocolate around this house. Uh, I, uh, you know, actually, I don't use much chocolate myself, but uh, I see enough of it on ER that it, I think it <laughs> probably burns it out for me. I'll be completely honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nothing, nothing turns you off to chocolate as much as like chocolate and vomit, the smell together. Oh, really it's, kind of... it's, it's honestly, I'll be completely honest with people. Like if it's just ingested, it's really not bad. Like actually the room smells kind of nice afterwards. Like smells like chocolate. Like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> okay. But the dog's like done it for like two or three hours and then you make them vomit. Then it's not so nice anymore. It's it's yeah. not the pleasant smell that you have. So there's definitely like a there's a line and you cross it very quickly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Well, I guess I guess that correlates to where you want them to be vomiting is right when it happens. So when it still smells good. Exactly. <laughs> that's Actually, that's a, the new measure of like when chocolate smells good. Right, right, right. So, so I guess let's uh, get down to it then. So um, I think that most people, it's probably one of the most common toxicities that we see um it's also probably one of the most known like everyone knows chocolate's toxic to dogs yes i would agree Um, i think everybody knows about it pretty well at this point yeah and i think most people don't realize or maybe they do but it's also toxic to cats it's just cats are generally smarter i've never seen a cat toxicity with i have one cat that just in there it was unfortunate but it was definitely it was a kitten it was like less than like six months old when it did it so i was like still in that like inquisitive phase Mm-hmm. um fortunately they don't they're usually smart enough not to eat too much yeah at that regard i think it had some mild like increase in its heart rate but gotcha. even that, that i think good. is more so usually with cats it's like no more than what would upset their stomach mm-hmm. exactly yeah. so it's yeah. yeah cats are way smart thank god yeah <laughs> yeah but i would say this is probably the great equalizer right i'd say it's it's probably the most common toxicity i see and it's like you you see so many more emergencies than I do, obviously, hence your job as an emergency vet versus sure. me at a, you know, a, somehow this is the emergency that does happen when I'm open. And I'd actually I'd be curious just because I actually don't know because I've never worked general practice. Mm-hmm. Like when, how does your clinic work out? Just even for the viewers too, like how does your clinic work out when emergencies come in? Because like something like that, like emergency, it's like, hey, we take priority of what cases come in. Do you guys like to say, hey, we have to push back some of our appointments and slide this one in? Or you, how does it work with you guys? Well, <laughs> that is the hard part about, um, you know, working, you know, in, in like a more of a primary care setting, because we really mm-hmm. aren't set up the way that you guys are, where you can just say, hey, this is life threatening. This is this is just going to take precedence. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're just going to move it along as things are. are. So I'm sure that sometimes that's really a blessing to be able to do that. Um, yeah. Our days continue. So. We have a full day as if mm-hmm. nothing was happening. And then when those things happen, we shuffle. So it just really okay. depends. So sometimes it's based on what doctor's available, who who happened mm-hmm. to be there at the moment when somebody called and said, hey, my dog ate X, Y, or Z. That's not, most of the things that come in are like, oh, this is your patient. Mm-hmm. You're the one that sees them the most, or you're the one that saw them last. And sense. so they're going to ask this question. But when it comes to my dog ate this or my dog ate that it's not who they saw last, but who, who is the fastest person that they can talk to about it. Gotcha. Um, okay. And then, um, so then generally too, that'll still be the same kind of thing. So we'll say, usually somebody will call and they'll say, Hey, my dog ate, you know, a bag of Halloween candy, or mm-hmm. you know, they ate a chocolate cake that we made for whatever. And then we'll say, okay, well bring them right over. 
Sure. Now. <laughs> Come now. Yeah, please. <laughs> and uh, the sooner you get here, the better. Um, and where I am, I mean, for the most part, most of our patients also live pretty close. So we're usually get, mm -hmm. get people in within like 10 to 15 minutes of, of when they've called us, we'll say, yeah. Hey, get them here now. Um, so that's step one. And then we'll usually have a quick look at like the, the, um, the schedule, schedule. Okay. um, you know, and it's hard. I think where, where it's the hardest is if let's say we, um, like all the doctors are in a procedure or something like that well then we can't leave a procedure that you know yeah, that, be that would be the one time but that rarely i would say that rarely if ever happens there's usually at least one okay. doctor that can deal with it um and then that's what we do and and people are pretty understanding i mean sometimes they'll be like hey an emergency just came in you know if it's a that's vaccine nice, appointment can you drop off your pet and they'll get to them once they're done with this mm -hmm. or you know when we've had those occasions where it's like oh no i mean it's a surgery and we're going then yeah, we'll call or like, if it's the other doctor that took that emergency, then I will try to see if I can see his okay, so trying vaccines to bounce out or whatever. It gets a little trickier when it's like, okay, well, I have this dog that we just found out has diabetes and now I have to deal with this, but then you have this emergency. Right. And so now I have a vaccine appointment and then we're shuffling a little bit. Things get a little harder. Um, okay. I will say it doesn't happen that much because we're not an emergency clinic, you know? Yeah. So it's not... Fair. The same frequency with which your whole day gets blown up it's not quite the yeah. same you know what i mean yeah but i feel like like you know people definitely come in like to you guys for dog eating stuff like that and i feel like they they like a lot of times they'll go to their primary vet first because they oh yeah will just do that um mm -hmm. and as they well, should it's not a bad thing well people so. do tend to from what i find um even sometimes put off dealing with certain types of emergencies because of the trust and the rapport that we have so there are even times where i'm like you probably should have gone like a little sooner. two days ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's not for lack of, of caring. These are people who mm -hmm. really, really care and love their pets, but think like, well, you know them. So I, I want you to, I want to know what you think. And it's, yeah. and I totally understand that. Um, and I think in some cases that's appropriate and some it's not. And so I think part of what we're doing here is trying to teach people like when that's appropriate and when that's not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think, and right? I guess, and I guess probably open this conversation, uh, I think it's always good to call your primary vet first, see if they can slide you in first, because it's always you'll get seen sooner. Mm -hmm. um, and most of the time, just from an ER perspective, if it is something that is a toxin that your pet ate or a foreign object that they met, we bring them back pretty quickly. It's like, you get there, we bring you back. You may not talk to a doctor for a while, mm -hmm. but we'll bring them back. We'll get permission to vomit them. And then we'll get up whatever's in there. And then we'll talk to you like within an hour or two usually, but it depends on how busy we are that day. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's not that much different for us in the fact of like our techs all know what to do and they'll we'll, yeah, we right. have like a previous weight. So we'll have an idea of like how much medication we need to get them to throw up and you know what I mm. mean? And stuff like that. And obviously weigh them when they get there, um, you know, triage them real quick and then get them, get it up, get the toxin okay. up as long as it's an appropriate thing to vomit them for. Yeah, that's fair. Which PSA isn't every single toxin. Yes. We'll get to a, that later. <laughs> yes. That's a good thing to bring up actually for later. Yeah. Um, but it is but, true. It's also uh, something that you should ask your vet because people automatically like shouldn't just automatically be like, well, I'm going to make them throw up. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of reasons that we shouldn't do that, but, um, but you should check because, um, you know, it's, it's important. Yeah. And I, I can't stress that enough. Like just call like whether it's a ASPCA or like poison control, whether it's your veterinarian, whether it's an emergency clinic, call someone before you do something uh the amount of harm i've seen by just people like being like i read this on google so much more problems happen because yeah. of that than anything else so just 
call. Yeah, there's, there's free to call a lot of bad information out there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, um, what is your? Do you guys call poison control every time you have someone come in, or no? So, not for chocolate. Uh, and honestly, most things I've seen now to a decent ex- enough extent were, and that's just because I've been pricing longer than some of like other ER doctors. But we see, you know, whether it's Advil or Tylenol or whatever. You know, we've seen those enough times. Every once in a while, you get something weird that pops up. Um, I'll say the biggest thing is plants. Um, and owners all the time, I think they think we're botanists as well. Yeah, like, uh, I know. It's True. so funny. They're like, my dog ate this. I'm like, it's toxic. I'm like, well, every plant's going to make your dog have a little bit of an upset stomach regardless. Right. Is it truly toxic? And they're like, well, why don't you know? I'm like, do you know how many things dogs eat that I don't know? Like, oh, yeah. I've seen little dinosaur toys and dog stomachs. I've seen... Just everything at this point. Oh, so they, I know. they keep changing it up. And honestly, there's so many things I don't know. Like, it's just hard to know everything. Yeah, it's funny because that's definitely a, a weak point for me. I mean, and mm. while we were in class together, we took the poisonous <laughs> plants to test oh, together. I don't miss <laughs> and that I think all. I learned that and promptly forgot all of it because I can look mm. it up. So <laughs> exactly. Also, things you just look up most of the time, you know, yeah. where to look. And that's the most important part of veterinary medicine, yeah. knowing where to look and how accurate the information is. And, and to remember games. that just because you looked it up last time doesn't mean that it hasn't changed because mm-hmm. there is a lot of stuff that changes. Um, so oh, I, yeah. I do tend to check myself, especially for the things that I don't see all the time. I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? I remember it's this way, but let me just check and make sure that it hasn't changed. Oh, and um, the other doctors I work with actually love plants and they know a lot really? of toxic plants. So I usually just, use, I'm usually like, hey guys, uh, what do you think? <laughs> you know, well, we still have to look some dial. stuff up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I need to talk to one of your colleagues real quick. <laughs> Hey, um, is this, this is a toxic plant. Yeah. But no, we're, we are lucky. Cause we can, we can look a lot of things up. Um, and, uh, I think with, um, with chocolate toxicity in, you know, specifically that mm. is definitely one of those ones that if you know that you've come home and your dog just went crazy on a bag of chocolate, get to the vet right away Yeah, for so many reasons. Yeah, I agree. Like it's not something to wait for, um, uh, especially, you know, there's different types of chocolate. I think we'll talk about that at some point or even right now. But... Yeah, why not right now? Why don't you why don't yeah. you get into it? Oh, love chocolate. Um, so yeah, definitely different types of chocolate are a bigger problem. And the size of your dog means a lot and all of that. Honestly, I've had some dogs come and I'm like, hey, I'm not really that worried. Uh, you can go home. Or hey, we're just gonna make them vomit because it's just to get out of their system and you can go home. It's not a big deal. A lot of it's like milk chocolate stuff. Not usually a, a huge concern in small enough quality quantities. Mm-hmm. But where you start getting concerned is like dark chocolate and baker's chocolate. That stuff is nasty. Um, that mm-hmm. stuff I've seen even small amounts put some dogs in the hospital for four days. 24 hours plus. Yeah. So it yeah. can be really bad for mm-hmm. a lot of patients. So um, like symptoms wise, the biggest things to watch, even if you don't think your pet's symptomatic for it yet, a lot of times it'll start off by having GI signs like vomiting or diarrhea. Then they start having high heart rates, which is hard to tell at home. So that's why I really encourage owners to bring their pets in because- yep. They might act a little bit restless or something like that, but their blood pressure might be high. They might be having very abnormal heart rates and rhythms. And then really bad cases, they can have seizures. And one I've seen die from not being treated on time. So it definitely happens. Uh, It's not something to brush away. Yeah, I, I I had a similar experience actually. I had Mm -hmm. an owner, um, their, their dog ate a bunch of chocolate and I had right. them come in, we vomited them. And I said, okay, you know, we need to hospitalize and we need to watch them. We need to have them on fluids. And we, I went into the whole thing and she said, no, mm-mm, taking really? them home. And I, 
And then they took him home and then he started having seizures by the time we got him back. Uh -huh. he, he had died in our in our parking lot. It was awful. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. So listen to your vet at the end of the day. Like a lot of times they end up talking about that's that's tough because uh, you hate seeing that. Yeah, um, no, and... it was heartbreaking. Actually, it was awful, yeah. you know, and I think it's because there's always a story about how somebody's dog ate chocolate and they didn't do anything and they were fine. And that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's great when that happens. But I guess the thing is, is that you don't always know how much they ate and yeah. not everybody you know, is going to have the same reaction and we know the potential reaction. So I guess with toxicities, the way that I look at it is I'll treat for the worst case scenario and then be happy oh, yeah. when it doesn't happen. Every time. I think that's the best. I think hopefully that's most of our colleagues practice too. Like yeah. you kind of have to, cause it sounds terrible. One, you see, like you have to see why I cover your ass. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you don't want to send a dog home that you think is going to be fine. And then have it come back later on when you didn't treat them appropriately. Right. So it's better to treat more aggressive and then say afterwards, all right, then go home sooner because things are fine. Um, and one thing to help your vet out is when you do know that your pet has some food or chocolate in that particular case, bring in the package. The package is super helpful. Yes. Um, cause otherwise I spend way too much time looking up what type of dove chocolates and what concentration and you can they be are wrong too mm -hmm. that's the thing i mean you know i i love when people, no matter what the toxicity is if you can bring mm -hmm. me what you think they ate um yeah then i'm i'm going to be really thankful for that i think that sometimes we're sitting here and we're we're just going to assume that it was dark chocolate yeah. because if i don't have the information i'm assuming the worst case scenario so that i can exactly let you know where we are mm -hmm. um and so that that that's usually how i'll treat it um and i think um with with chocolate toxicity too there's a little bit of a controversy so i'm curious do, do you do charcoal or no uh see we do charcoal yeah um yeah. but actually i just heard actually that's funny you mentioned that because literally the last time did you hear something differently because aspca just started telling people not to do char or oh charcoal. it's on i mean if you look up like the vin things it, there's, it seems to be oh for people who are listening vin yeah, is a <laughs> just explain what it is as we're talking yeah. about it but it's an information network where where veterinarians can like share information and post cases or ask questions mm -hmm. and so sometimes you'll we'll get really good information and there's good some good information that's on there it's a you know for veterinarians only it's not open to the public yeah um and it's great it's a great resource especially um if you find yourself in those situations where maybe you don't have another resource you can't find exactly what you're looking for i'm mm -hmm. pretty lucky i always have really smart people like robert around that i can call and be like hey what do we're going both ways trust me <laughs> <laughs> um but um but uh but either way you know um you don't always have that situation so it's nice to have a, a database and um, so speaking of this specifically, um, in some cases, we will um, give activated charcoal after mm -hmm. um, we've had your pet vomit and then we've stopped the vomiting and that's to kind of absorb what's left in the stomach um, yep. and then help reabsorption as as the body processes it. Yep. Easy kind of user-friendly way to it's a, it's user, the, the best user way, so, user -friendly yeah. way to say it. So, yes. um, and, um, and so... Uh, but there is a bit of controversy about whether or not to do that with chocolate. I, I guess I always thought since mm -hmm. about 60% can stay in the gut, you should always do it. Am I off Yeah, there? no, so that's what I tell owners all the time is that yeah. even if your pet's vomiting before they come in, I will still make them vomit again yeah. just because they can retain up to 60% of content of their stomach alone. Right. So it's worth making them vomit, you know, not over and over again, but get one good vomit up because a lot of times they'll have a ton of fluid come up and it'll all be chocolatey brown fluid. Um, mm -hmm. and even time-wise, even if you think it's like too late, 
I've gotten chocolate out of dogs like six or seven hours afterwards they've ingested. Really? So, wow. Yeah. So I will make them vomit almost every time. This has been like a good eight to 12 hours plus. It's been anything close to six hours. I'll make them do it because honestly, I've been successful more times than I can count. So it's, mm-hmm. so if you, your dog ate or well, yeah, just dog in this case, your dog ate chocolate, bring them in. Even if you're kind of close to that timeline, it's worth doing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. I'm I'm still on the, on the charcoal train personally. It makes sense to me yeah. physiologically. So I'm always like, no, I'm not, I don't really see a reason not to do it. Did they say, um, did they say why not? Do they say why? I want to for... say that it has to do with like, um, maybe, maybe dehydration or I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, Cause I know I like our biggest concern is. is high sodium. So when you give a dog charcoal, it causes their sodium to go up. Yeah, sure. And if you're not monitoring that carefully, we've had dogs come back in for problems with that, especially if they've gotten right. more than one dose. And I'm actually kind of a, I'm a baby with my dose now. Like I don't do as much as they tell you to do because of that very reason. Cause a lot of times we don't have the opportunity to check blood work afterwards. So I'll give them a smaller dose of charcoal just to get something. But mm-hmm. I'm curious, I'll, I'll look into that. I'll next podcast and come back with that. I think the other thing too, is also like, what else are you doing for management? Do you know what I mean? Like what's there? Like, are they, yeah. are, are you going to have them on fluids or, you, you know what I mean? To me, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking of the scenario where I'm going to be watching them the entire day. I'm going to have them on fluids. I'm, you know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like you are, and I'm not one that's going to keep giving them charcoal. I'll do it one time. Yeah. That's I'm it. a one-timer. That's yeah. it for most things. Yeah. There's very few things I'll give twice for. So yeah. once no, I'm, for I'm, totally with you on that so i guess for me that's why i'm always like well one time i don't think and i don't give a whopping mm-hmm. dose either so there you go i'm a yeah. i'm a pretty like low end low low end of the range mostly because you also have to get them to to take it after you've yeah, just made them so... gave them serenian you know and it's always little white dogs man i tell you trying to give them charcoal <laughs> they turn like sheet black yeah because they hate it and it's all over their face and yeah. the owner thinks we tortured them in the back and like i promise we didn't it's just You're like no 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 <laughs> just they actually liked it but they just have it everywhere now so yeah. it's just oh, yeah it's always yeah. little white dogs <laughs> yeah um, and the and the charcoal just for for those of you who don't know is usually this very like thick dark liquid yes. <laughs> so, it's gross i would not yeah. eat it and then no. yet there's some dogs you just put it in a bowl and they're like this is the best thing ever and they yeah. go right for it it's a lab it's usually so. labs you know labs. yeah <laughs> so thank god yeah. for labs yeah but they're also usually the ones that eat all the things that they're not supposed to so you know oh, there you go. yeah yeah so. yeah but that yeah it was kind of what was my thought was too that's interesting to know that you still do it because i i saw mm-hmm. there was some controversy and i was like hmm, I'm yeah i just heard about like i think within the last month i was like oh interesting so i, to, I meant to look into that so i'll look into the next podcast see if there's any um <laughs> information i can find for the audience that why or why not because i'm yeah. very curious now I always find it interesting that it's so hard to get cats to vomit. Oh, it's such a pain. Yeah. So awful. Um, do you use uh, do you use hydromorphone now or do you use Dextomator still? Uh, we I only only ever use Dextomator. Yeah, they say you give hydromorphone sub-Q and I've seen pretty good success with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make them a sedate, so. Yeah, no, I mean, it totally but, um, makes sense, but we don't have it, so. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and there's that too. Um, so, you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but yeah, cats are. The I worst. wish we did, um, but we don't. <laughs> I know, right? It's Dexamethor works just fine, but yeah. uh, but it's just but funny. Do you, do you have to spin them? That's the other thing too. A few of my texts will be like, "We're gonna go in a circle for a little bit," and I'll like try and get them, yeah. and they just they just never do. It's such a pain. It's like less it than fifty percent. It is. Um, it's really, really hard for those of you yeah. who've never tried to get your cat to vomit up whatever toxicity they hate. It's... Maybe we just gotta put them like on some carpet because they always find the my cats always use a puke on the carpet. They'd be Harvard floor everywhere, but oh, they yeah. find the carpet to puke on. So males get some carpet underneath them. They're like, oh, I can puke here now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah. 
Um, and then, so just as far as your success rate with toxicities and things like that with chocolate, um, do you usually see it going pretty well? And how long do you find them to have to be in the clinic for after? I'll say it's rare that in their post 24 hours. Uh, usually they have a really okay. good success, uh, success rate. It's 12 hours. Actually, most cases I'll have most of them on, at least be on the phone with the owners within 12 hours. And like, hey, they're barking up storm. They're ready to go home. Mm-hmm. Everything looks good. It's usually not more than 12 hours. Uh, it's just, it depends on how much they got into sometimes. And even I tell them that usually if they're not, again, if they had an extreme dose and they haven't shown clinically yet, I'll still keep them for maybe 12 hours. Yeah. Or they had a high dose and they are clinical for it. Then like, yeah, we're keeping for 24 hours. Uh, I will send you home earlier if they're doing better. But mm-hmm. yeah, not every patient I keep either. It depends on, that's why you has got to talk to your vet and kind of be accurate with as much information as you can because they'll change how long they stay for. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think the the other thing too is that really, you know, trying to figure out, even though I know it's expensive to, you know, sometimes come in and have those treatments mm-hmm. done, it is really important because, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. you don't, you know, I know it's like, everything's a bit of a, you know, okay, you know, there's expense to veterinary medicine and I think it's getting more expensive. And obviously yeah. we're trying every day to make that a little easier. Yep. That's <laughs> why you should join my Balto. Balto. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, um, it, it really does pay dividends to have the, the yeah. right people take a look at them and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. You can always at least have a conversation. The conversation is worth it. I promise. So, mm-hmm. um, makes things a lot easier. Oh yeah. But, no, um, there's, there's no question. Um, and so actually if there are more questions or more, um, toxicities or other, um, things that you'd like us to talk about too, um, not just chocolate, uh, why don't you hit them with the email, Robert? You can all send to podcast at mybalto.com. Uh, and we'll make sure we get all your questions and address them, uh, usually in subsequent podcasts, cause we wanna make sure we take some time to answer some of those for you guys. Right. Um, cause we like to hear your questions. It's honestly, sometimes we don't think of everything while we're yeah, on yeah, here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think sometimes there's things like we take for granted that just like our second nature, oh, yeah. we start talking about it and it's like, oh yeah, you know, chocolate toxicity and yeah, <laughs> so exactly. But I think the take home really is just like, know, know what, if you, if you can give us the information of what they got into and also just have a sense of like what the most dangerous things are, the darker the chocolate, right. the more dangerous it is. And if you know, you have that stuff in your house try to put it away, close, yes. close cabinets, um, especially during like the holidays, like it is now, like you, yeah. know, you were saying, like baking chocolate is definitely the worst. Yes, um, so if, yeah. So if you can, if you know, like you're going to be baking a whole bunch, maybe go ahead and just really close that away, put it in Tupperwares, just keep it away from your dogs. Um, Cause you certainly don't want that to be part of your holiday. Yeah. And dogs have a great sense of smell. I think we all know this. Um, mm-hmm. Hiding it from your kids is not as good as hiding it from your dog. Uh, yeah. I see so many parents yeah. are like, oh yeah, we're hiding our Halloween candy or hiding, you know, the Easter egg baskets from our you know kids and a dog got them to them the next morning. Like that happens all the time because dogs yeah. are just so much better at sniffing that stuff out and they, it's always labs. Yeah. It's always yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, and I think people think like, well, I'm going to put it in like in the back of my closet, like down, mm-hmm. you know, or somewhere like that. And it's like, oh no, no up where they can't yes. where they can't get to it up is important um, yeah yeah um and uh yeah just do your best to, to keep them away from it because it is a tragedy when they when they get into things that they shouldn't yeah they look miserable when you make them vomit they're not thrilled they're... it is it's so sad <laughs> so they're usually wagging their tails afterwards but there's that they're like oh, i regret this a little bit yeah um and two other i guess important things to make sure people know about when you eat chocolate um 
Oh, and I totally forgot. Uh, one's pancreatitis. Oh, uh, yeah. Something to think about. Yeah. Um, so even though your dog eats a lot of it, I see. I think probably fair to say we see it mostly in our middle-aged, older populations if it does affect them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a lot of young dogs, honestly. But uh, yeah, when they eat chocolate of high load, it's got high fat content and their pancreas goes nuts. Not a big mm-hmm. fan. And unfortunately, they get pancreatitis afterwards. And that can almost be worse than the chocolate itself, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I feel like, too, that, that just kind of sets them up for needing more of a long-term solution to things as opposed to it just being this like one-off like we get them through this little tiny thing and then we move on it's like once you've angered the pancreas ah it's the worst i hate that organ so much the amount of problems that thing causes it's yeah uh, don't mess with the pancreas ever don't touch it surgically (laughs) don't touch it just leave it alone (laughs) just leave it Uh, alone don't look at it (laughs) um yeah and then uh foreign bodies we've had some wrappers if they eat them in a significant enough quantity um they can cause a foreign body and need surgery. Uh, that's rare, but it does happen occasionally. So just if your candies had wrappers on them, just make sure you know you're like you keep an eye on how much yeah, stuff comes we out. We do see quite a bit of the wrappers come up too. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah. I've never actually had one cause a blockage. I, I knock on wood because I don't ever want to see that because yeah, I'm uh, already sick then from the toxicity. And then now you yeah. have this extra piece of the pie that's going to definitely make and it gets delayed it. a little bit because they're like oh maybe it's just pancreatitis that's why they're still vomiting yep. uh, they don't think about the wrappers being the problem and you've seen that a couple times and it's just it throws you off because you don't it's not the first thing you think about when it happens oh yeah no no especially if you've made them vomit and a, and a significant amount of them came up mm-hmm. you know and part of it too is if if your primary vet did the initial you know getting them to vomit up and then they yeah. end up in the emergency clinic or vice versa um, yeah yeah, yeah. And so like, we're only as good as what we know happened and we can only, you know, make the best decisions based on what we saw Um, or even in the records. I mean, they can be great records, but you know, if you don't know how many they got into and you have 10 wrappers and we're thinking, well, that's probably everything. We have no idea to know that there's still another 10 in there. Yep, exactly. So so it's important to have access to your pet's records too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, another thing. I know it's like all these PSAs today, but it's true. This is definitely one of those times where if you if you really can like have constant access to records where you're not redoing things and everybody knows what's going on, we can all be on the same page. Then we really mm-hmm. are a team. I mean, it's the team of the owner, the emergency vet, and then the the primary care doctor, which yeah. is like that's that's the dream, right? When you can get everybody together on the same page and to say, hey, mm-hmm. we're all here to help each other. We all have the same goal. That's to get your your pet as healthy as possible back home and feeling great without like spending needless amounts of money. I mean, the goal yeah. is to, to just do what we can and do the best we can. Mm-hmm. No, I a hundred percent agree. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to keep talking about toxicity, but the next time we're going to get into some other um, fun holiday toxicities. Maybe, maybe we will get into a couple of plants next time. What do you think? Lovely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I hate plants. <laughs> well, these are, will be a common ones. So we'll get, yes, in, we'll get are, into the yes. common ones first before we start getting into the crazy stuff. I just had a bad experience. I had like an owner berate me one time and she was like, how do you not know what plant is toxic? I'm like, I don't know plants. So You're like, I know what lilies are toxic, but <laughs> exactly. beyond that. <laughs> she was like, I know, I know animals. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, fun stuff. We can't wait yeah. to talk to you guys about it. Absolutely. Well, um, thanks for joining us again. This has been the Pause It Podcast, and we're looking forward to talking more toxicities with you next time. As always, I'm Dr. Sam, and this is Dr. Robert. Thanks for stopping by. Mm-hmm.